Hello and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Corey Conklin is an avid cook, food smoker, and griller who lives a keto lifestyle. If I am the only person that ever listens to this podcast, I will be absolutely thrilled with this conversation, and I can tell you that I'm already drooling. (laughs) In 2017, Corey realized that it was difficult to find a reliable source of sugar and additive-free rubs to help people lose weight and feel great. That prompted him to start Select Savory Seasonings, which provides gourmet, fresh, and sugar-free seasonings with no added fillers, anti-caking agents, or any other crap. He is the host of the Simple Low Carb Lifestyle Podcast, where the goal is to help people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. The show can help you lose weight, get healthy, and feel amazing while eating some damn good food all at the same time. Corey Conklin, it's a pleasure. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Sorry if you drool on your keyboard. It's not my fault. (laughs) I'm still blaming you regardless. I'll send you the check. We've asked, we've asked people in the past, and, and we're going to ask you, and you, you're just going to have to settle the, the battle right now. Where do you find the best brisket? Well, you know, when I saw that question on the uh, list of questions, I took it one way, and I knew you meant it another. I was going to say Sam's Club. Oh, interesting. A really good price. Oh, great. But Walmart doesn't, isn't too bad either, at least in my market. Huh. Um, but who, uh, who prepares it the best? That's a good question. Uh, I think the last time I had the had brisket that was good was when we were at KetoCon down in Austin. Austin. Tough to beat. Yes, Austin. Okay, I'm glad you answered that. My favorite recipe is uh, Franklin's, which is also located in Austin. Very simple. Um, it's, I think, a salt and pepper rub, really nothing else, and then just a long smoke, just a lot of patience, and boy, it comes out good every time. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about you. Can you tell us um, how you got into the low-carbohydrate world? Sure. Early on in my in my early 20s, I was gaining weight, getting bigger, uh, working full-time and so forth. And I'm one of the few people that didn't try a lot of, I didn't try everything under the sun. I had on occasion done um, low fat and I, it would last for two weeks. I would throw it all away because it's disgusting. I would just rather eat good tasty food than eat that rice cakes with nothing on it. Nastiness. Ugh. And at one point in time, I don't know if it was like a Time Magazine article or something, but there was an article on Dr. Uh, Atkins, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Ain't going to hurt to try it for 30 days because I already know I'm going to like what I'm eating. And uh, so that's where I really started getting into it. I got his book, read his book, and gave it a shot. So uh, throughout my 20s and 30s, I would lose the same 20 or 30 pounds, sometimes 40 pounds, because I would do it for so long. In my case, it was usually since I was living on my own, away from immediate family, I'd do good for the year. I'd go home for Christmas, and there's all the stuff that I usually usually eat at Christmas, and I would eat it. And then several months later, I'd put all the weight back on and go, that was stupid, and start all over again. And you know, it was just that vicious cycle of I would start, I would stop, I would start, I would stop. And I always knew, okay, low-carb is the best option for my body. I feel the best. Um, I perform better. I sleep better. And see here, 2010, 11, I, when I got married, I told my wife, hey, you're going to have to learn how to cook this way. And that didn't go over very well, as you can imagine. <laughs> she was used to casseroles and rice and potatoes. and But she learned and she adapted. And then uh, fast forward several years into it, I really wasn't sticking to it like I was supposed to. And at one point she said, hey, you, you do realize um, 
you're not eating like you should. And at that point in time, I didn't want to hear it. And I politely told her, I know what I need to do, but you're pushing me is not going to help. Don't pester me because it's going to push me the wrong way. Very, you know, very possibly if you really keep pushing this. Uh, She didn't really care for that answer, but she said, okay, backed off. And 2017, uh, fall 2017, she just said, hey, let's see who can lose 10 pounds the fastest. And I stood there and went, well, I win. I have 10 pounds to lose. You really don't. Uh, But okay. And for some reason, that's what finally, in my case, got it to click. I've got a wife, two kids, and I need to do this for not just my health, because in the past, Every time I wanted to, I would start it. It's because I needed to, quote unquote, lose weight. There was no other reason for it. I just need to lose weight. I didn't have a solid, why do I need to lose weight? I didn't have a why. And uh, that in 2017, I finally said, okay, I got a wife. I got kids. Uh, Lord willing, I want to have grandkids. I need to be there for them. I need to be here for them now. I need to do this for them and that really became the uh, the driving force initially as to you know what my why is my why is my family i need to be here for my family so it was thanksgiving day 2017 i started and made uh, low carbon keto my lifestyle uh that, that was that's it yes we started thanksgiving day if you ever want to have an amazing thanksgiving dinner come to my house uh christmas dinner we'll have you over you will not miss the garbage that you think you're going to miss uh as a result of because you're low carb. Yeah, you're right. I was low carb. It wasn't keto um, because there were some higher carbs being served, but it was definitely still a low carb uh, meal. And since then, I've had a couple of slip ups where, hey, I'd have a meal or two that I shouldn't have. Uh, but I learned to start listening to my body and paying attention to it. In the past, I would do that, step on the scales and go, oh, look, I gained 10 pounds. What's the point? And now I understand I didn't gain 10 pounds. I put on 10 pounds of inflammation, water retention that's going to dissipate over the next two weeks. And so when I have done that over the last three three years or so now, it's like, okay, I know what my body just did. And then I would list, pay attention to how I felt uh, the intestinal distress would return. The knee pain would return. The back pain would return. Um, just the overall achiness that was gone living low carb would come back with one or two just nasty carb-filled meals. And I would go, wait a minute. This is another one of my whys. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Anymore, Right back at it the next day or the next meal. Um, I, I know a lot of people go, oh, back at it next day. No, start next meal. I uh, get right back at it again. And I've been loving it ever since. I'm, let's see here, 43 or four, somewhere in there. And I'm wearing the same size clothes that I wore in high school. Wow. Um, so that. That in and of itself, for me, considering I was at my heaviest, 280 pounds, I needed to buy size 50 pants, but I was not going to. Um, I, I wore really tight 48s, and now I'm wearing 36s and large t-shirts instead of extra large. Wow, um, well, man. I mean, that sounds amazing. That's such a cool journey. I hope I'm uh, not too late to put my name on the list for the Conklin Thanksgiving uh, 2021. I will be there <laughs> to eat some of your amazing food. And what a That'll cool work. what a cool thing to say that that you're back down to where you were 
at high school and feeling good and without all of those, you know, the pains and aches and all that stuff. I, I just, we talk about that so much on this show. Like, yes, this is a diet that can help you lose weight, lose fat, feel really good. But there's so many other things that go with it that it will make it worth it. You, your skin will like be better. You're, you're going to be, you know, more mentally clear. You're going to show up and be more present in your life and, and have more fun with your kids. Like there's so many different things that can improve with this way of eating. It's, it's great. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to tell people you come, come to low carbon keto for the weight loss. You hang around for everything else. Love it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's once people grasp that concept, um, it helps tremendously because first of all, the scales lie because I'm technically heavier than I was in high school, but I'm still the size I was in high school. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, the shape of my body from, from, uh, exercise and so forth, uh, is better than it was in high school, but yeah, I have so many friends and clients that now say, you know what? I feel so good. If I lose weight, it's a side benefit. But if I don't, I don't really care because I feel so good. I love that. I, that is so well said. I wish more people would realize it or at least try it to see if they get that benefit because so I, I just, I don't think people would want to get off it so easily because it's just, it feels so good to be on it. Um, now you mentioned um, having your wife do the cooking. Now, do you have a cooking background yourself? Um, I got a cookbook as a kid and so I don't have any training, but I've, whoever gave me that cookbook got me started and I've just been cooking in general my, most of my life. Uh, of course I was single for quite a bit, quite a few years here at 20 married, so 15, 16 years I was out on my own. So I had to cook for myself. Uh, I've always enjoyed cooking and I've always enjoyed trying different things, experimenting and so forth. So uh, for me, switching from, hey, how was I, I was cooking to cooking low carb wasn't as big of a shock or change because it was just a new challenge. It's like, oh, okay, well, now I get to learn new ways and new things to cook compared to what I was doing before. Uh, whereas my wife, it was a complete and utter change. And, um, you know, it came as a shock to her. It's like, yeah, I know you're eating this way, but it didn't really register. I'm going to have to figure out how to do this too. Um, but I've just always uh, been involved in cooking in some capacity since I was, I think, like eight or nine years old, and I've just always enjoyed it. Mm, wow. So that's, I mean, the main reason I wanted to bring you on was to learn about your story and to hear about your amazing company um, and share your podcast. But but it's, it's such a barrier for a lot of people to where, you know, we've... we've both have shared so many guests that have come on both of our shows to talk about how to eat well and the things you need to eat. But there's also that disconnect of like people don't practically know how to pull it off. They don't have the skills, the equipment, the things that will make their food taste good. And so I think it's so cool that you didn't really have like a culinary background necessarily, but you taught yourself to make some really good, simple food. So I want to know what was that process like of teaching yourself how to cook and, and the steps to take and things like that? I started out using, I don't know if that was Google around at that time, but the internet and um, getting what few low carb cookbooks there were at the time and just learning from there, uh, just getting ideas from there. But also a lot of it is just, I can look at something and go, you know, I can probably adjust this to make it a low carb meal. For example, uh, lasagna. Well, if you love lasagna, but you can't stand not having it on a low carb lifestyle, 
don't use noodles. Get ham, get turkey, get chicken, lunch meat slices. There's your noodles. And just make sure that the, the tomato sauce is sugar-free. It's just straight up marinara. Everything else stays basically the same. You have lasagna. Um, so I just have a knack for looking at things and going, well, how can I adjust that? I mean, I've even tried, uh, and I still have to work on it. I haven't tried it in a while, but making low-carb pierogies. I got the crust right, but trying to find something to substitute a potato inside a pierogi. Yeah, I needed to wring out the cauliflower a little bit more. Um, but hey, I've tried my, I've made some basic low-carb pierogies. I've learned how to make uh, little pizza pockets. I've even made, uh, we had them for dinner this weekend. I made uh, carnivore hot pockets. It's all meat and cheese. There's nothing else in it. You can't get much more low carb than that. Uh, so it started out with just looking for some basic recipes and so forth online. And from there, for me anyway, it was just experimenting, trying different things and learning, okay, well, does this work? Does this not work? And I'm um, sharing them as best I can on um, our website, on the blog at selectsavory.com, where we have our select every seasonings and select every snacks so people can not only learn how to cook good, tasty food that's good for them, but with our select every seasonings, uh, we started the company because most barbecue rubs in the market are full of sugar. And a lot of these seasonings are full of other garbage like maltodextrin, which is basically sugar also. I've found a couple of taco seasonings. The first ingredient is cornmeal. It's wow. not even a spice. It's cornmeal. And I was actually, I started it mentally in December of 2017 and started the company in uh, May of 18 is when it launched to provide people with uh, seasonings to help them cook good, tasty food that's good for them so they can lose weight, get healthy, and feel amazing. Mm. And it is really amazing how just a variety in spices adds a world of difference to what you eat. You can eat the same basic thing, but just changing the flavor makes a, a massive difference. Uh, plus, what I learned in, in my research and so forth is when you're using fresh seasonings, not the stuff you buy in the stores. Uh, you buy high quality and fresh. I, I mean, they smell better. They taste better to the point. I tell people you need to start with half of what a recipe calls for and then increase it if necessary. Mm. That's how much more fresh they are. Uh, we actually put expiration dates on our jars, not, or not expiration dates. We put production dates, not expiration dates because you get about two years shelf life out of seasonings before the, se the flavor starts to dissipate. So you look at the jar and go, Oh, this was packaged on um, March 22nd of 2021. All you got to do is add two to the year and you know if it's still within that two-year time frame. And I do have some in my cupboard that I've had from when I started. And you know what? They still taste a whole lot better than what you find in the stores because of the higher quality and the freshness one from when they were packaged. Mm. Wow. That's such a great point. I, I love that. I think that more people need to know how to, you know, balance the spices and, um, make their meals taste good because sometimes that's all it takes. Like if you're eating just like chicken breast and it's super bland, like there are ways that you can make that taste better with really high quality spices. I yep. wanted, I wanted to talk to you about that. What are some of the most important spices you found? I guess maybe we should start with, with salt, which isn't necessarily a, um, a spice, but is mm -hmm. so critical. So, so critical to having yep. food that tastes good and for living a low carbohydrate lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. Salt, is definitely a vital component to your living low carb because once you stopped eating all of that garbage, your body is not retaining the fluid and the sodium that it used to. It's flushing it. So you actually need to make sure you're having enough salt and sodium in your diet to, you know, a lot of people complain about the keto flu, for example. Well, 
a lot of that is electrolyte loss. Um, or if, you know, if they start getting headaches, it's again, usually it's electrolytes. So increasing that salt of the sodium in your diet, but um, not only for your health purposes, but also for just flavor, um, like we were discussing with brisket. So our, our SPG rub is the smoked salt, pepper, and garlic. That's it. And that it just, it adds such flavor with such three simple ingredients, salt being one of the main ingredients in there. Uh, it's so vital to everything. And I would say at least half, if not more of our blends have salt as a main ingredient because it does help add so much flavor to your food. Mm, wow. Is there a particular salt that you like the most? Personally, for just salt in general, I use the uh, Redmond Sea Salt. Um, now, the company that I work with for my seasonings doesn't have Redmond, so they just use sea salt. Um, but if you're spring, I use Redmond's on my food all day, and um, we just use have regular uh, sea salt in all of our blends. But some form of a sea salt is what I usually do recommend. Gotcha. Yeah. Shout out to Redmond's from here in Utah. They're great. We've talked to uh, Dale Bouchard a few times and um, yeah, he's great. And we, we love their company and I think they make a very flavorful um, salt. So now let's talk about some of those spices. What are some of the more important spices that people should be thinking about to be, you know, using in their food? Um, that a lot of it comes down to the personal preference. So learning what you do like. So if they're switching over to a low carb lifestyle, do you like tacos? Um, do you like spicier foods? Um, uh, you know, what, what is the flavor profile the, that they prefer? And then they can, um, fine tune from there. Uh, some of the staples, uh, obviously salt and pepper, uh, onion and garlic are going to be two of the staples that, um, I would recommend for individual seasonings. I'm glancing over at my, uh, inventory over here. <laughs> uh, but those, those are, your, those are your staples. If you like more of a, a spicy, uh, or a smoky flavor, smoked sweet paprika, is an excellent one also. Uh, and then from there, it comes down to start breaking it into, okay, what type of um, foods do you like? So again, our taco seasoning is our second best selling uh, seasoning by far. Um, our ranch-tastic is the best seller um, by far and away. It doesn't have any of the garbage or the filth that you find in the uh, famous ranch packets that you find in the store, which by the way, the first ingredient in those ranch packets is maltodextrin, yeah. um, which is straight up sugar even though it says malted extra and it's basically sugar if you like spicy man we got some spicy for you i got some uh carolina reaper garlic pepper um go light on it that reaper pepper will bite you um some people i get asked a lot if we have seasoning salts we have a jalapeno salt uh, which has a little more of a bite to it uh, chipotle salt um habanero hot salt uh garlic salt and one that's not really a seasoning or not a seasoning salt, but it's salty enough that I use it as one is our um, chop house, our select chop house seasoning. It's got a sweet flavor to it from a little bit of onion and garlic and the other ingredients that are in there. And since salt is the first ingredient that makes a really good seasoning salt that you can sprinkle on your food after the fact, again, without all the garbage and fillers that you find in the, the name brand seasonings. And we have several other more cultural, uh, cultural based, like a Cajun, uh, some curry powder, uh, really spicy, our Japanese seven spice or the uh, Chinese five spice. Both of those will wake you up in the morning, <laughs> but, uh, really learn what you like and go from there and don't be afraid to experiment. Mm. Um, I was at a friend's house uh, last year and they made hamburgers. So they had a bunch of my stuff. I grabbed our savory wing rub, which is just, it's a Buffalo flavor wing. 
wing seasoning and I put it on the burgers. His wife looked at me and goes, I would have never thought of that. It says wing and you put it on burger. Well, yeah, because it's seasoning. Just because it says it on the jar doesn't mean that's all you can use it for. So try different things. Mix the seasonings. Uh, when we make ribs, I throw ranch in with um, our Memphis-style barbecue rub. Adds a nice little ranchy flavor to it. Also works with wings, too. So don't be afraid to experiment. Try different flavors and stuff, and um, you may be surprised at what you like. Wow. I love that. I think that is great advice. You could have a variety of different seasonings that you use and just mix it up and you could make the same meal every single night and it could be completely unique every time. That's, (laughs) that's a really great tip. I also love the, the idea of mixing the ingredients, um, together into it, like a spice mix, like the way you guys do, because I think a lot of people, if you ask them, do you like, you know, coriander? Do you like ancho? (laughs) They might not be able to tell, but they do like tacos. (laughs) So a taco blend, that makes a lot of sense. And somebody could realize like, okay, I have this on tacos. I'll bet it would be pretty good on enchiladas. I'll bet it'd be pretty good with things that are similar, nacho, whatever, whatever you wanted. I think that's really, really smart. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the things you learned on your journey with cooking. What kinds of equipment did you find that you needed to, you know, invest in? What things have been really helpful? And is there something that maybe you spent a lot of money on that you ended up like not needing or ended up being kind of a waste? Uh, to get started, I don't think anybody is, if they have a stocked kitchen, they got pans, um, the good, you know, quality pans, spatulas and everything else that they use for regular everyday cooking they're all set to start eating the simple low-carb lifestyle. They don't have to go out and invest a ton of money on other stuff. Um, over the years, I've tried lots of things. Now I have a smoker on the grill, or on the grill, on the porch. Actually, I have four grills on the porch. Um, not necessary. Um, I love using the smokers. That's a, a, a skill and a, that I love learning. Uh, it adds a, a unique flavor to the meat and so forth. Um, that's a tool that if somebody is interested in, I highly recommend it. Um, otherwise, within the kitchen, one of the tools that I always wanted to try, we finally did, and my wife wasn't too sure about it and now loves it. An air fryer is one of the greatest things ever invented. Amen. Don't have to heat up the oven. Um, now, sometimes you have to cook in batches, but that's fine. But it's throw it in, set it 10, 15 minutes later. Like with chicken thighs, you probably gotta, you'll have to flip it over to cook the backside a little bit, and you're done. A uh, nice crispy near fried chicken. Um, if somebody's more of a um, large, like a roast type person, crock pot is one of the greatest inventions ever made. I recommend everybody get a crock pot. Um, chuck roasts, you can get up in the morning, drop it in, set it on low, throw a stick of butter in it, uh, two or three tablespoons of, for example, our ranch tastic seasonings, and come home and it's done. There's no other work. Um, right for soups and stews in the wintertime. Uh, with a crock pot. Um, I used that one well before I ever went low carb. And again, learned to adjust recipes. Uh, One of those recipes, I love uh, loaded potato soup. Don't have that anymore. I have my loaded cauliflower soup and I've served it to people and they had swore they were eating potatoes. Uh, No, no, that was cauliflower. No, no, that was potatoes. Then they argue with you. I made it. I know what's in there. Uh, Sous vide. I've used it. I have it. Um, haven't used it much lately. It's nice for tougher cuts of meat. Um, I know a lot of people really love using it, and then they go ahead and uh, will sear the meat after the fact. Um, most people that are doing that also have a cast iron pan, which I've just 
not good at maintaining cast iron. So I've set that aside, but, uh, air fryer by far and away is one of the greatest inventions ever made in my opinion. If you're one that's not good at cooking meat, a sous vide is not a bad idea. And then you can put it under the broiler to, um, kind of sear it. If you uh, don't want to use a pan on the, uh, on the uh, stovetop. And if you are, have any inkling of uh, using a grill or you like grilling, uh, a pellet smoker is about idiot proof. Um, and if you like the challenge, just get a, an inexpensive uh, charcoal smoker, a Weber grill. You can smoke with a Weber charcoal grill. Um, it adds, it's a challenge, but it's fun. And uh, you'll appreciate the food even, even more so when you spend 8, 10, 12 hours um, babysitting a, a smoker to have that insanely juicy, tender brisket. I I knew this episode was going to make me hungry. My mouth is watering. <laughs> we uh, we use all of those tools here. We the sous vide is great um, for those mm-hmm. you know the listener who doesn't know what a sous vide is. It circulates water around at exactly the right temperature that you want it to. So if you throw your your, your meat into a vacuum seal. Um, it, or you can just seal it yourself even in a Ziploc bag, it will cook your you know, your meat at the right exact temperature and it can't overcook it. Like It can change the texture if you let it go too long, but if you set it to 130 for a ribeye, it's not going to get up to 133. It's going to get to that right exact temperature. It's so convenient. We love our air fryer. We love our pellet smoker. I was actually going to ask you if um, you used... A, a real smoker and manage, you know, the wood and everything, or if you just used a pellet smoker. So I'm glad you clarified that. Um, what kind do you have? Uh, well, I have done both. So I actually have a, an egg smoker, not a green egg. I have an acorn and my pellet smoker is a uh, pit boss Austin XL. I have a really bad habit and it's, it's a blessing and a curse of finding insane sales on things. So if anybody's listening going, well, how do I do that? slickdeals.net one of my it's it's the bane of my existence because i spend more money because of it but i got the a 500 pellet smoker for 125 bucks the acorn smoker i think i paid 50 or 60 dollars for it it's normally 300 um so i was able to pick those up I, and they both have their own uniqueness to them so one day i'll use the pellet smoker if i'm in a hurry and i don't have time and other days i'll use the acorn smoker instead Mm, wow. That's a, that's a great tip. We'll link to that website, um, on the show notes. That That's awesome. Um, the pellet smoker can be a little bit more expensive, but it is definitely worth it. Um, the, the amount of just like really great food that we can make at home has just expanded by so much since getting it. I wish I would have done it sooner. I want to go back to another thing that you said that I think is really important. You mentioned the slow cooker and you mentioned a chuck roast and chuck roast can be a little tougher you know, like a chuck steak is a little tougher than a ribeye, but th- those are the cuts of meat. Same with brisket. Those are the cuts of meat you can you can get at, at a very, very good price at the store. Mm-hmm. And then all you need to do is just leverage more cooking time. Let it slow cook and it'll be fine. And you'll have so much amazing, wonderful tasting food at such a good price. You don't need to break the bank. Exactly. And uh, two other things that I recommend, they're not uh, cooking related, but you mentioned vacuum sealer. I think that's one of the, the best things people can, one of the things that people should invest in is getting a vacuum sealer. Uh, that way, when they find good sales, stock up. Now, I know every part of the country is different, but uh, when I lived out West in Las Vegas, if hamburger went on sale, that we would stock up heavily on it. Here in the Southeast, it goes to $1.99 a pound quite often, but 
you know, this past week it went down to $1.99. I bought 50 pounds of it. Vacuum sealed them in two and a half pound packages. And they're nice, tight, small, takes up very little freezer space. Also, if you have the space and can afford it, I recommend a small, at least a small chest freezer, if not a larger one, if you have the room. Which that way you can stock up on the foods because a lot of people complain it's too expensive. It's too expensive. No, it's not. Pay attention to the sales. Another website, and I get no kickbacks for any of these websites. I just use them. It's called flip, F L I P P dot com. Type in your zip code, click on groceries, and every Wednesday they will show you almost all of the ads in your local market. I say almost because if you got some small independent stores like we do here, their ad may not show up. You just go check that website instead for that company. But when I see sales like I do on ground beef, uh, when Chuck Roast goes on sale, uh, our local food line will drop that down to $350 a pound. I'll, I'll pick up uh, three or four of those and vacuum seal them and throw them in the freezer. Uh, something else I just thought of. The other advantage to the vacuum sealer, when you break stuff down, season it ahead of time, then vacuum seal it and right on the side of the package what's in there. So if you want tacos, you grab the hamburger that's seasoned with taco meat. Just a side note. That is, um, that's a those great are two other tip. things I recommend. Those are great. Those are all really great tips. We absolutely love our vacuum sealer. They're expensive at first, but when you realize how much money you can save by shopping in exactly the style that you just described, like you can save tons and tons and tons of money and have a freezer full of really great meat. And I love that tip of the pre-seasoning your, your meat before and, and labeling it really well, put a date on it if you like, and then you can just pull it out. You know what it is. You can throw it in the sous vide, you can throw it in the slow cooker and it comes out amazing. And it's, it's like, yeah. it, you'll, you'll stop going out to restaurants, not, not for any particular reason, but just because you're making better food that you can find anywhere else for a better price. Yeah. It's like, why would I go to a, a restaurant and spend 30 bucks for a steak when if I pay attention to the sales, I can buy an insanely good T-bone or ribeye at one of my grocery stores for $7 a pound and you know, buy four or five pounds of it, season it myself. It's going to taste better than anything I find in the store. And my wife and I can eat for less than the price of one of our meals if we go out to eat. Now, yes, it's nice to get away from the kids and have a meal. We still do that. But nowhere near as often because we just cook good food ourselves and enjoy it. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. We're the same way. We, we love supporting our local restaurants. We think they're amazing. They do great job, but we can save so much money and make really great food at home. And we don't need to go out nearly as much as we needed to. I love that you yep. said that one thing that occurs to me too. Um, I did a class maybe about 10 years ago, um, about knife skills and that has panned out to be one of the most helpful and useful skills that I've ever um, gained in my life. Um, can you talk a little bit about like having a good quality knife? Is there a particular kind that you use and, and learning how to, you know, maintain it? Um, you know, do you sharpen it? Can you, can you tell us a little bit about what you've learned there? Um, we got a decent knife set when we were married. That was part of the uh, registry that we put together. Um, I do need to get them sharpened. They are pushing 11 years old. We just use the, um, the sharpener that comes with it. Uh, when we go to cut something, use that, sharpen it up and, and go. So a, a high quality knife set is very helpful. If you got a dull knife and you're trying to cut meat, it makes things difficult. And it's also dangerous. You could slip and stab yourself. Um, a trick that I learned, cause I'm sitting here going, I got a bread knife. It says bread right across the back of it. What do I use this thing for? 
So I went to my good friend Twitter and said, all right, folks, what do I do with this thing? Oh, my goodness. Basically, it's anything. So you got yourself a chuck roast, use to cut your chuck roast. Uh, when we smoke ribs, I will use that to cut the ribs. Use my uh, bear paws to, it just looks like a claw to hold it down. Cuts right in between the bones. And if I hit a bone, I'm not too worried about it because it's not necessarily sharp. You got the teeth that are doing most of that cutting. So basically anywhere you would use a regular knife, uh, that bread knife can be used. And I, it, it blew my mind when I, when I started using it for pretty much everything else. It made a big difference. Mm, that's a great tip. I've got a bread knife that I, I never use. <laughs> um, I need to start getting it out and using it more. That's a really good tip. Um, what other things in the kitchen, is there anything else you can think of that you, you really think um, makes a big difference and a big deal in the kitchen to make good food? Um, just keeping it simple. Um, don't overcomplicate things. Um, stick with real whole food for your, for your meals. Um, we basically eat pork, chicken, and ground beef ourselves with a vegetable of some kind. So, um, broccoli, cauliflower, green beans, and we'll throw in some butter, maybe some heavy cream for flavoring, but, um, just in, when it comes to your cooking, don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. Uh, maybe for the holidays, throw in some of those a little more complex recipes. Um, I'll do that for Thanksgiving or maybe a birthday or something like that. But I, I like the old uh, kiss, you know, keep it super, keep it super simple or keep it simple, stupid. Take your pick. Um, <laughs> as for anything else, uh, maybe just to make sure you got yourself a, a quality pan, uh, something that your food's not going to stick to and uh, you'll be all set. That's great. I love the whole keep it simple thing. I remember when I first became a trainer and nutrition coach, I would, I would tell myself like, I love to cook. This is really fun. I love to go to the store. I go every day, buy all these different ingredients and make these, you know, recipes. And it, you know, it's fun to learn and it's fun to do all mm -hmm. those things. But the longer I go, the more I think, wait a second. I, I mean, I love really good food, but I don't love to cook. I love to paddleboard and walk and spend time with my wife and ride my bike. And I, I just, I, I want to know like how much more simple things have become for you since you've gone more into the low carb to the point that you're not necessarily like cooking, shopping, prepping, you know, all the Tupperware that I used to own with all these different meals and snacks all the time. Like how, how has that experience been for you? Well, with, uh, let's see here, six and seven year old, almost, almost eight. Um, it makes a big difference because there's, there's always things going on. We have places to go, things to do, people to see. And in my case, businesses to run on top of that. And, you know, I can shop relatively easily. Um, of course, with uh, this wonderful um, pandemic that's been going on, a lot of stores are now doing um, grocery pickup. I've taken advantage of that where, especially another side tip, if you see a sale and you're the kind of person that can't get there first thing in the morning. So, our local food lion has grocery pickup. I'll order my food before the store opens and go to work, set a pickup time for the way home. And unless for some reason they didn't get it in stock, which does happen on occasion, it's sitting there waiting for me. So I got four chuck roasts last week, uh, two sets of ribs for $1.99 a pound. Um, makes life a whole lot easier just to do grocery pickup, pay, I think I pay an extra $1.99 for them to do all the work for me. That's wow. heartbreaking. And go. Wow. But it also, it meant my life's a whole lot easier. I don't eat breakfast. I don't need breakfast. I 
drink my coffee. I do work. I get work done in the morning and then I go to work. Um, many days I don't have to bother with lunch. I can keep doing what I'm doing, come home, have dinner. And since we keep it simple for dinner, it's not like there's this production that has to go into making supper. It's generally cooking the meat, cooking the vegetables, putting it on a plate and eating it on the weekends. I'll make it a little more complicated. Like I did with our carnivore hot pockets this weekend. That takes a little bit more time to put together, but eh, it was Sunday. I have the afternoon to do it and everybody loved it, but it just frees up so much time when you don't have to eat all the time. You don't have to stop and go, Oh, I need a snack. I'm starving. Um, you can be more focused and productive at work. I know a lot of people are like, wait, I want to work more. Well, it may help you out in the long run. You never know. Like you get yourself a razor promotion in the process. But um, when you don't have to concentrate on food all the time, you realize you are much freer to do, like you said, other things with your family. You don't have to concentrate on what am I going to do? How am I going to eat? And, and, and it just makes life so much easier. I love that. Such I, I get this all the time. Such a, a another like pushback area for a lot of people as well. My kids don't don't eat that way. They don't really like this this food. And it's I, I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't have kids and you do. Like it sounds like you're making amazing low carbohydrate meals that your kids love. Um when my kids were my when my wife was expecting our first one, I told her my kids will not eat the way I ate as a child. So I have the benefit of starting them off low carb. And I'll back up. Every kid starts off low carb until you start feeding them. But that's a, that's a completely different podcast. They, they come out low carb. Um, <clears throat> so I started out that way. Um, but for the people, you know, I do understand that if uh, you got parents that are switching, my, my opinion and viewpoint is, especially if they're younger, wean them off of it. You're the ones in control of what comes into that house, uh, not the children. Um, we did buy a lot more fruit when the kids were younger. And as I was listening to podcasts, in particular, uh, listening to Ted Naiman a couple of times, he's like, those grapes are nothing but juicy bags of fructose. I'm like, yeah, they sure are. And so we just quit buying them. Where's the grapes? Uh, don't have any. We're all out. And before you know it, they don't ask for them anymore. Um, did the same thing with bananas. We just quit buying bananas. They're so full of sugar. Um, it's not even funny. So we just, nope, we're done. And what we'll do is summertime, we'll go to the farmer's market and we'll buy fresh strawberries. Uh, my wife will buy a bunch of, or she'll go strawberry picking with the boys, pick a bunch of them, bag them and freeze them. And then they're there for when they want a treat. Uh, we'll pick uh, other berries We uh, during the summertime also. Uh, this year, last fall, we went to Western North Carolina where apples are, are abundant. So we bought the kids a bag of apples. They like apples. That was their treat. Uh, so we treat dessert or yeah, dessert uh, fruit as dessert. Uh, so we're not giving them um, like most people are uh, ding dongs and ho hos and little Debbie snacks. Um, their their treats are generally going to be hey, well we we bought a bunch of apple uh, bananas today or apples. And with our kids, we'll buy them green bananas uh, because there actually is a much lower sugar content in green bananas and they love them. And when they actually have something that is insanely sweet, uh, my oldest in particular is like, that's just disgusting. It's way too sweet. He can't, wow. he can't handle um, even diet soda. Like that's and root beer was my, my thing before I really made this my lifestyle. And we had 50 different bottles that we had tried over the years. 
And so on occasion, I'll buy diet root beer. And he's like, oh, I, I can't stand it. It's just too sweet. My youngest, eh, he's too much like me. And we'll drink a whole bottle and ask for three more. But um, they, their taste buds have not been destroyed by the garbage and so forth. Uh, so they, they understand what's sweet and what isn't. Uh, so if you're having kids or you're thinking of having kids, uh, shameless plug. My goal is for June on the Simple Low Carb Lifestyle Podcast. I'm going to have that. That is, June is, I believe, International Family Month. I know it is Family Month, and we're going to have several guests on. Uh, nurse and uh, Nurse Jackie Everstein talking about making healthy babies. There's more to it than just the act. Uh, then a couple of other guests discussing how families can live the simple low carb lifestyle. Uh, that's going to be the month of June, and it can be done. Lots of people are doing it. Lots of my low-carb friends are doing it. And our kids are healthier. They're thriving. They don't have a lot of the issues that other kids have. They don't know any different. On occasion, we'll go somewhere and I'm missing out. I'm at a birthday party and I'm not having cake. I told my wife, give him a piece of cake. And by a piece, I meant a, it was one inch by one inch by one inch. They had it and they were as happy as could be because they, quote unquote, had cake went out and played. That was on top of the four slices of watermelon. So yeah, sometimes they may have something, don't make a big deal out of it. Just, just like with yourself, right back at it next meal. That's amazing. That is so amazing. And I'm so glad you went there because that was going to be one of my questions is what do you notice specifically about their temperament? What, when they are, are not having a lot of sugar in their diet, what are they actually like? That I, I would be horrified to see my kids on sugar. Um, the, just like any kid, they have mood swings and so forth. Um, but for the most part, they're relatively calm anywhere we go. I mean, people are like, wow, your kids are well-behaved. Um, they, do, they do well in public and so forth. They are just overall more calm than you know, what you see with kids out there that are loaded with sugar. They don't have, especially those crashes that kids get many times. They just don't have them because their blood sugar is not shot through the roof uh, as a result of the sugars and the carbs and then falling down like a rock because they haven't had anything else after the fact. They're maintaining a steady level of, of uh, on their blood sugars, and so they have energy all day. I know a lot of people like, the kids have to have sugar to, and carbs. No. Have you ever met mine? And I've made that comment around people that know my kids, and they go, yeah, you're right. They sure don't need it. There wow. you go. And the long-term benefits that they're going to experience with this, if, if they stick to it, is just things I'm, I, could, I never would have experienced myself I, or I didn't experience. They're not going to have the aches and the pains. And, you know, as a kid, I thought it was normal to just wake up at three in the morning because my intestines were killing me. Now I know that was the wheat and the sugar. My kids aren't going to have to deal with that. Um, oh. They're going to have a sharper focus especially as they get older in school and learning and uh, the mental clarity that they're going to have. I, I, I like to joke with some of our, our low carb keto friends. Our, our kids are the ones that are going to rule the world. That's amazing. That is so incredible. I'm so jealous <laughs> of their little lives. I couldn't ever figure out like why I would eat breakfast and fall asleep in first period. I could not stay awake. I, we would have go to the cafeteria and eat lunch. And the, the class that I had after I got really bad grades because I would be asleep. I couldn't pay attention. Like 
Of course. <laughs> of course. It makes so much sense. These kids are going to be superstars. Like you said, they're going to be running the world. It's so amazing. I think it's it's really cool that you guys are taking this approach. And I think it's cool that you, you said it earlier. You think it's too expensive? No, it's not. You think it's too difficult? No, it's really not. You think you need all these expensive things and you need all this time to cook? Like You can teach yourself how to do this. You can feed your kids this way. It's not as hard as you think, and the benefits will just absolutely floor you. It's, yep. it's so worth at least giving it a try. Go to YouTube, learn some cooking skills. You've given us so many great practical tips. I just, I, I absolutely love it. And I, I think it's so cool that you're doing this and removing all of these excuses that people make for themselves when, you know, it, it, there's a learning curve, but you'll learn. And once you learn, yep. you know, and you can do it for the rest of your life. And again, the benefits are just so, so amazing. Um, yeah. you mentioned, you mentioned your podcast, you mentioned, um, family month in June. I am so excited for that. That's great. I didn't know that was coming up. So I will definitely continue tuning in. I want to know mm -hmm. why did you decide to start a podcast? Um, and, and, um, what kind of content did you want to share with people? Um, some of the podcasts that I had been listening to had gone by the wayside was one reason. And I just really want to reach out to people who were, who are, or were like me. They, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to start. You know, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they have a desire to lose weight, get healthy, and feel amazing. But like we've discussed, they think it's too expensive or that they can't do it or uh, it's not healthy. I mean, I've had people, I know people that have quit because, well, my doctor said that my cholesterol is going to go up and it's going to kill me. Well, you know, you need to go listen to the several podcasts and doctors I've had on, Dr. Westman, Dr. Tro Kalasian, Dr. Brian Lenskis, that no, these things aren't going to kill you. I mean, Dr. Westman's been prescribing low carb for 20 plus years now. Um, if you go to Duke University, his his uh, clinic is called the Keto Clinic. That's So that goes to tell you right there, if this was killing people and causing problems, um, Dr. Westman would have been out of a job a long time ago. And I want to share that information with people to know, okay, first of all, yes, it is healthy. And then you can do it. Hence the name of the podcast. It's the simple low carb lifestyle trying to just, I don't want to say dumb it down, but to make it as simple as possible. So people can sit there and go, oh, I can do that. And, and yes, there's a learning curve. Yes. You may need to learn how to cook beef. Um, a lot of people, women in particular have been told their whole lives. Red meat, bad, must eat chicken. Well, that's not the case. And I've, I've interviewed several people and uh, my wife's also one of these people that loved chicken past tense. Now, if they got a choice, they're going to take a steak because they, they know how much better their body feels on beef because it's, it's just the nutrients and so forth and beef are going to be a little better for you than as compared to chicken. And just reaching out to people to say, Hey, I'm here. I've done it. You can too. And sharing uh, with either medical professionals or and or just people like you and me to say, hey, look, we've done it. Now it's your turn. What, what's your excuse? Try to remove those excuses so that they can finally take that step in that direction to uh, start losing weight, getting healthy and feeling amazing. I love that. I love that so much. And I want to call out one other feature of your podcast that is so Awesome. You don't stick with the same format every time. Not every podcast is an interview. Some of them are short. Some of them are much shorter. Um, and they, they, they're focused on a particular spice 
or, um, you know, I've listened to podcasts that you've done about fasting and it's, you know, 16, 17 minutes podcast about electrolytes. That's like seven minutes for me personally. I love to listen to some two or three hour long format. Really let's go into the, into the weeds a bit on some, you know, nutrition principle of some kind, or, you know, let's talk about something super complicated, but I can't share that. I can't send that along to one of my clients and have them absorb it because they won't. But I can very easily send them a short, like you said, simple, not dumbed down Mm -hmm. at all, but very effective podcast for them to listen to. And they're going to learn about it. And you never, you never like, put yourself into a position where you have to do the same thing every time you're really flexible about it. And I, I love that. What made you decide to do it that way? Um, because kind of like what you just said, a lot of people don't have an hour. Uh, I try to keep all my podcasts at about an hour when I'm interviewing somebody, um, to be respectful of their time and the listener's time. Sometimes it's a little more, sometimes a little less, but there's a lot of people out there that are going to be like, you know, they may listen to the first half hour of program and that's it. Cause that's all the time they have. So Mondays, that's my interview day. Uh, Thursdays. I like to have, I, I want to hit a topic, give a, a overview of it is, you know, as, as much as I can within about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, so it, what you heard with my fasting, I've been working on uh, what, what's in your low carb tool belt. What tools do you have at your disposal to help you on your low carb lifestyle? And it's just, I want to keep it short and simple because a lot of people don't have time. So they can listen 10, 15 minutes later, boom, they're done. So going from the house to work, whatever it might be. And as we've discussed, a lot of people just don't know how to cook. They don't understand seasonings and flavors and spices. Um, so I started, part, part of it is also selfish since I sell seasonings and spices, but also to help people to understand these are the various seasonings that are out there that. Why, what, what, what do they taste like? How do they work well with other things? And to just give a, a 15, 20 minutes overview of, okay, well, uh, like this past Saturday, I think it was cardamom. What is cardamom and how do I use it? <clears throat> and then I'll go through and say, hey, here are the seasoning blends that I have that actually include this as one of the spices that are in there. Just again, to help people understand, oh, that might sound good on fill in the blank, whatever their favorite meal is. And it'll help them along the way. I, yeah, I love that, man. I'm so glad you take that approach. It's really easy listening. It's enjoyable. And it's so easy to share with my clients and the people around me. And it really benefits them. So I'm, I'm so glad you approached it that way. Kept things simple to the point and kept it shorter. So people could understand. I think mm-hmm. it's a really wonderful, wonderful approach. I really love it. What are you working on for the future? Hmm. Well, I want to add um, sugar-free sauce line to the to to the company sometime in the future. Great. Um, that takes, of course, time and money. Uh, the second one is the one I'm hurting hurting on. I got enough time, but um, I want to. There are sugar-free barbecue sauces out there, but so many people have no clue that they're available. So I want to start doing not just barbecue sauces, but ketchups, uh, healthy uh, mayonnaises, mustards, because a lot of those. A lot of what you find in the store is loaded with seed oils. And if somebody says, well, what's a seed oil? Well, vegetable oil, a canola oil, any of those that have, sounds like it comes from, you know, vegetable, canola, corn, and many of those where if you can't pick it up and think, oh, I can just squeeze oil out of this, 
that's probably a seed oil. And they're highly inflammatory. They can lead, you know, really uh, cause a lot of the aches and the pains that people deal with. So some people may say, well, mayonnaise is healthy. Well, for the most part, it's very low carb, but it's soy, soybean oil, which isn't good for you. So start making it with avocado oil or olive oil. Uh, same with the mustards and so forth. And really get into a, uh, we're shooting for selects every sauces. And um, also including some hot sauces with that also. but. That's that's what I would like to get into offering later on this year. Uh, also with the podcast and um, the the simple look or it's just simple look lifestyle.com. We're going to start adding some coaching plans on there. Uh, April 1st, I'm going to be launching my uh, simple low carb lifestyle ebook. Uh, just a, a short, simple kind of like what we've discussed today to say, OK, here's how to start the simple low carb lifestyle. Uh, here, here's the bullet points. Now go at it. Uh, that's going to launch on April 1st at uh, simplelowcarblifestyle.com. And then we'll start adding uh, various coaching plans on top of that. That's great. Wow. Yeah. I've heard you talk about that ebook. I'm very much looking forward to that. We've been fortunate enough to host uh, Dr. Chris Kenobi and also Tucker Goodrich, um, recently mm-hmm. two, um, two experts on seed oils. And on both of the episodes, I'll, I'll tag them. But um, there's, uh, there's um, if you go to the episode with Chris Kenobi, and in the show notes, you'll see um, uh, how it's made. Remember the show, How It's Made? And they'd show you like how different like uh, uh, household. Would, yeah, was it uh, canola oil? Yeah, the one on canola oil. It is so Nasty. disgusting. Oh, my goodness. It. I, I, I told him this. I told Chris this. Like, if you would have said like, yeah, this is how you make candle wax. This is how you make dish soap or some. <laughs> yeah, this is not food. You do not want no. seed oils in your body, around your body. You don't want to breathe it when it's cooking, like completely toxic garbage sludge. <laughs> yep. Absolutely and ridiculous. I think I saw that episode as a kid because it just, there's something to me that says, I recall seeing that and go, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's- knowing what I know, I watch it and and I'm trying not to throw up. It's like, that's <laughs> nasty. They're like proud and of a lot it. Of this stuff, oh, they are. And, and like uh, Crisco, if I remember correctly, was originally used to grease commercial um, equipment. Ugh. And they found a way to clean it up and make it quote unquote food. It's not, it's garbage. But a lot of this stuff wasn't made to be food. It was made for uh, lubrication purposes of equipment. And that didn't work so well. So they found ways to market it and, you know, help destroy our health. <laughs> it's just, it's, we, we say it all the time. It has to be true because you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah. So, so awful, man. This has been an awesome conversation. There's, there's so many great practical tips and tools that people can use. I'm going to ask you the question that we ask most of our guests, which is what is one simple tip that you want to leave with a listener? I think I already know what you're going to answer, but you are the king of making things simple. So what is one simple tip you'd like a listener to walk away from this conversation with? Uh, look, we've already said, just don't overcomplicate it. Um, stick with the KISS method. Keep it super simple. Um, and don't, you know, it, uh, and along with that, um, start i guess really that would be the first thing the first tip is start don't don't wait till tomorrow don't wait till new year's just start and once you start just keep it simple uh don't overcomplicate things it's not that difficult and uh you'll be surprised at the success you're going to see man i love that that's that's so great i'm so glad we're ending with that um tell the listener again where people can go to find you and your work and your awesome company yep 
for our select savory seasonings and snacks, the website is just selectsavory.com. And then uh, the podcast is uh, simplelowcarblifestyle.com. It's on all podcasting platforms. So you can listen to that there. And of course, our ebook will be at uh, simplelowcarblifestyle.com also. Uh, Instagram, it's uh, both Select Savory and uh, Simple Low Carb Lifestyle. And uh, see here, Twitter, it's just uh, the uh, seasoning. So Select Savory Seasonings on Twitter. That's great. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Corey Conklin, what a what an amazing conversation. This was really great and very helpful. And again, you've you've helped us all understand how to keep this really simple and how to really thrive in this uh, way of eating. So thank you so much for all of your work. Thank you for your podcast. And thank you for taking the time to appear with us today and uh, teach us how to do it right. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. It's been so much fun. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio. 